Studios. This, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! Hello, hello, and uh, thank you everybody for hanging in there while we uh, took some time away from the podcast for a few days. Um, how was British Columbia, my friend? Ah, I'm back in BC first and foremost. Such an amazing accomplishment. If you've gone through the motions and gone through your whole four years or two years or three or whatever your program is and got yourself a diploma, good for you. That's exactly what my daughter did. And she was graduating last Thursday and I was happy to be at the University of British Columbia Okanagan campus in in Meh, Kelowna, British Columbia. It was uh, an amazing accomplishment for her. I, I, I can't say enough about the... Uh, pride that I had. And a lot of people took the time to message me and say, oh, oh, you look so proud. It really wasn't about me. I didn't even want to be in the picture. To me, she was the star of the day. And it was great that I could go out and celebrate with her. And I'll also say a true testament to how important it is to teach STEM in high school and not lower our standards when it comes to science, technology, engineering, and math. Uh, My daughter now has some initials behind her name. She's got a Bachelor of Science, and and I don't know that that would have happened without that renewed emphasis that we started a few years ago um, for high school students. And I hope that they keep that up, and I hope that we keep the bar high because, hey, these are smart cookies that are all graduating. It's funny, actually, Kat, because before they get to just the regular degrees, they hand out the doctorates. And they tell you what the doctorate's project was in order to become a doctor. And there was one guy up there who I thought, this guy's going to be a fucking billionaire. Yeah. They said, now presenting such and such for uh, a doctorate. And their their project was to study how AI can monitor the facial movements of a stroke victim and indicate the best path in neurons to the brain to rehabilitate them and possibly reverse the damage from a stroke. Well, that's pretty fucking impressive. Using right there. AI. Using AI. Just yeah. by looking at the person's face. Cat, if that actually works, yeah. that person's going to be a billionaire. Yeah. And they were just happy to be there. Like The guy was cranking a beer in the parking lot as I was leaving. I was like, fucking right. I want that doctor. Facial scanner like thing. Good for you. Yeah, get on it. So there's some real smart cookies out there. But one of the things that occurred to me about Kelowna, and you've been there, right? Yes, I've been there before. Yeah, it was it was lovely when I went. I, no, I, when I went, I stayed at a, a the marina, something marina. I, the name escapes me. Cute little place on the water. My stay was literally just like the the winery thing during the day, and then I stayed at the marina, and I had a room that whose porch faced the water. I did I seedoed in the water. I really just stuck to that area of Kelowna when I went. Well, Kelowna's very Jekyll and Hyde because you can stand there. And look at the water, and you've got the mountains in the background, and you think, oh, my God. It's beautiful. The wonder and beauty of Canada. But if you turn around, you'd have a hard time telling if you were in Kelowna or Winnipeg. Oh, that's not an endorsement. It's not an endorsement. (laughs) That is not an endorsement at all. I, I don't know how many listeners we have from B.C., but let me tell you a couple differences between Ontario and B.C. I was blown away at how bad the drug problem is and how bad the homeless problem is. And I get that it's growing across Canada, but I feel like in Ontario, we aren't seeing it as bad as it is in other parts of the country. BC, there were homeless people 
everywhere. Drugs yeah. just openly being used in plazas and, and in back alleys yeah. and places like that. It was really, really concerning. And I remember thinking to myself, as I found one guy, I found an abandoned shopping cart with some stuff in it. So I was walking by and I just sort of peeked in the cart to see what was in there. And then I realized the guy who had been pushing it was passed out in the bushes. Jeez. Like, it's scary stuff. Fell into the bushes and was just laying in there. Yeah. And what happened to Canada? You know, I mean, this used to be this great place of opportunity and prosperity and hope for the future. And I'm not seeing it. In fact, I'm seeing it go in reverse. Yeah. There's a lot of people who are losing everything, including their homes, and then they're turning to illicit drugs, which makes the problem even worse. It's, it's crazy how quickly that can happen, too, because uh, when I went to Edmonton, by the way, I felt the exact same way you did. Like, I was downtown Edmonton. I don't know how nice it ever was because that was my first trip ever to Edmonton last summer. But as I'm walking down the street, I'm going, oh, my gosh, like a lot of drug use in the open, like you mentioned, right? Right out in the open. People around there were so used to it. Now, this is core downtown, and there's a lot of downtowns that are not in good shape right now because there is uh, high drugs, a lot of drugs, um, and, and homeless populations, very bad. There's a lot of places. In Canada, I feel like it's bad, but in the States, it's also bad, but uh, I'm really noticing it here. Um, but when I was in Edmonton, same, similar, similar to you, where I just, well, I didn't even want my kids around them. Like, I was like, please, like, I need to go, I need to leave immediately. Like, it was really, really bad. Uh, I don't know what happened. I, I mean, we all know what happened in a way. The economy is one massive part of the problem. Um, is there enough help out there? Probably not. No. The wait lists are huge for those who even go out of their way to seek help. And some feel so helpless that they don't even bother attempting to get help because they feel like there's no point. You, and that's a sad that's a sad situation, by the way. Canada in 2023 is nothing like Canada in 2019. Nothing like it. It's never been this bad. And I was talking to a few of the locals. And, and they were saying things like, uh, uh, yeah, you know, it's pretty bad. There's a lot of people that are really, really down on their luck. They're homeless. They're drug addicts, whatever. But uh, it, it's not nearly as bad here as it is in like Penticton, where, where it looks like the goddamn walking dead with the amount of drug addicts Aww. that are roaming around the streets. Uh, uh, apparently, it's even worse in other parts. So I, I don't know where we go from here, but I do know that last week, of course, they did it when I was on vacation. Last week them raising those interest rates again was yeah. one of the most reckless and irresponsible things that we could allow to happen. And, and nobody's fighting for the middle class. Nobody is, is saying, hey, enough. People can't afford it. You promised them interest rates would remain low. You said it plain as day. Now you've jacked them an astronomical amount, a, basically a laughable amount, and, and they can't cope. Nobody is standing up for that. The government has not said we're putting a moratorium on foreclosures. You can't be foreclosed upon right now. They have still got those crazy fees. If you want to try and switch to a different mortgage or get into a better one or renegotiate your terms or even extend your term, there's nothing in it. They're just letting people lose their homes. So when I talk about that problem in BC or when Kat talks about that problem in Edmonton, get ready because it's going to get a hell of a lot worse. A hell of a lot That's worse. That's sad, isn't it? Uh, uh, one more thing on that front before we move on, because we do have some real fun stuff to get to on Friday at the end of the day. What's your theory about Friday news cycles? Oh, things get buried, Scott. That's where you bury shit. That's where you bury the shit that you don't really want people to talk about because they have plans. They're making plans. They're busy. That's when you unleash the shit that you don't want people to be like, hey, did you hear about this? David Johnston stepped down as special rapporteur. And 
And I do feel bad for him. I really do. Because I think that when we said we needed, well, actually, we never needed a rapporteur in the that first just, place. Just Justin it, Trudeau just said that. He was just fucking around <laughs> trying to buy time. And instead, he's actually prolonged this story and made it 10 times worse than it probably would have been. So we never needed a special rapporteur in the first place. And no, we don't need one now. We'll just do what we should have done all along and go to the public inquiry. So David Johnston stepped down. And this was a guy who... I don't think is a shady individual. I don't think that he is necessarily trying to cover for the prime minister. I think he did cover for the prime minister, but I don't think he meant to do it. I truly think he is an eminent Canadian with an otherwise great reputation. The problem here is he never should have been in that job in the first place. So now the guy has been torn down, completely leveled reputation wise. And, and for what? We're right back where we started. I, I think it's horrible that they dragged that poor guy through it. And his biggest problem was not that he was partisan, was not that he was unfair. It's that he's naive. He just, he's an old man and very, very wealthy and well off. He's not talking to regular Canadians on the street. If he were, he'd know people are fucking angry. They want to know what's going on here. And, and he just didn't read the room properly. He didn't know that it was going to be this political. I don't think he even understood that it was this serious. I think he just thought that he could come in and on his reputation say, I will restore faith in democracy. And when he said really nothing to see here and no point in having a public inquiry, he lost the room. And then everybody had to go after the guy to get rid of him because he wouldn't leave voluntarily, even when the House of Commons itself voted on an NDP motion to get rid of him, he still wouldn't step down. But then he ended up stepping down anyway. So we're no further ahead than we were. We've taken a perfectly lovely old man and dragged him through the fucking mud and all to get back to where we are now. So let's stop screwing around, call the public inquiry, and let's find out how many seats the liberals won in the last two elections that were directly influenced by China. Let's find out if the liberals are even a legitimate government, because for all we know, they're not. They can say up and down all they want, oh, it didn't interfere with the outcome of the election. I don't buy that. A regular poll that says somebody is in the lead can have an impact on an election. These guys were just plain scoundrels. So let's see where this public inquiry goes, but let's do it fair. And they say they want fair. I'm going to say it. Jody Wilson-Raybould should do it. She would be great. Former attorney general, just putting it out there. Definitely not biased one way or the other. I think that she would be a wonderful choice, and I hope that that's uh, somebody they consider for it. Okay. What do we do with Conor McGregor? What do you do now? Did you see the uh, NBA game on Friday, the championship uh, Denver-Miami? No, I didn't. He was there as a, for a promotional gimmick for a pain relief spray, and he was doing a bit with the Miami Heat mascot. Two full-blown punches from McGregor. One knocked the mascot down, the other when he was on the ground, and then to finish the bit, he tried to spray the mascot with this pain relief spray. It won't work through the costume, by the way. He had to go to the ER. Shut up. He had to go to the ER because he got knocked out by Conor McGregor. Did this mascot guy know he was going to do that? That's not clear. If he did know, I don't think it was supposed to be like that. I think it was supposed to be like a little push. Pretend shove or something like that. Not a fucking knockout from Conor McGregor. Come on. And the guy's, you know, he's, he's an idiot. You know what I mean? Like he's rich. He's good at what he does, but he's an idiot. Like nine times out of 10, the stories about Conor McGregor are just stupid. He just seems like a guy that does stupid shit. Yeah, yeah, you're like absolutely that just seems right. That like a stupid thing to do. Like, why would you do that? Doesn't it seem like he's just got 
such swagger and and maybe a ridiculous amount of testosterone and a, so much money that he figures he's basically invincible. He can do whatever the hell he wants. Oh, yeah, and he's cocky as shit, too. He'll tell you he can do whatever he wants. Does that make it true? No. <laughs> By the way, tonight, Denver can win the championship. So go Jamal Murray. Be great to see a Canadian win. Agree. Um, You had a party this weekend, but not the kind of oh. party that I would have expected you to throw on a beautiful summer weekend. <laughs> Actually, it was rainy on Sunday. Uh, it was my daughter's birthday party, yes. I... It, uh, I'm not going to have a party at my house again. Like, I'll tell you that much right now. And, Why? And it, <laughs> Children everywhere. It sounds lovely. My kid wanted a Super Mario dance party. So we thought, okay, you know what I'll do is I'll turn the basement into a dance, like a club for kids, essentially. So we got, we ordered a bunch of helium balloons with long strings so that kids could just like pull on the balloons and have fun there. Then we got a big lighting system brought in as well. So there was like lights and everything else. And then we had, we were playing just different music, not necessarily Mario music, but, um, just dance party tunes for kids. And it started with uh, maybe like five friends. And then she wanted six or seven. I said, okay. And then seven. Next thing you know, with cousins mixed in, like in total, we had 15 kids, 13 of which were there all at the same time. Another couple came toward the end. And it uh, was, it was, it was, it was pandemonium, man. It you was should insane. have seen this coming. I, you know what you though? <laughs> it's so, it's so funny because my, so my sister-in-law who's been down this road, she has an almost nine year olds now was like, what are you doing? Why are you doing this? I was like, you know what? I just feel like I don't like, I like all those, you know, fun jumps places and all that. That's fine. But I don't want to, I don't want to have a party there. I don't want to have to make sure that Billy who's got dropped off by his parents is okay. And this person's all right. And then I have to keep track of them all in a big giant place. I felt like if it was in my home, that should be nifty. Fine. And then we'd have some activities and they would do the activities and that's fine. But it was too many kids. I'll admit. And my husband wanted nothing to do with this from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> so I felt really bad for him because he was doing it. He was doing his part. Um, one of the moms, thank God for her. I loved her. She ended up staying and she helped us out so much. She's like, I don't want to, I don't want to overstep, but those kids are doing this and I'm going to tell them not to. So she was basically over there like yelling at kids for me, which is great. Uh, yeah, it was, um, so it, it was, it was a lot. And then, you know what? It was three hours and I should have made it two and it was 13 kids and I probably should have made it five. So if I had gone back, it would be a two hour, five kid party tops. <laughs> huh? That's cool though that that parent stuck around to help because you could have so nice you were you were underwater so, you were outnumbered so nice and and when there's 13 kids that are all just looking to be little shitheads and, and, they, and it's yeah, your house yeah. and oh my carpet no no my walls yeah I can see why you felt like you were under attack I'm glad you it had was, some assistance it was one of those things I really thought in my head because all of the kids individually I knew most of them and I thought they're all good kids but I didn't think about when they get together. They turn into different children. Yes. All of a sudden. Like, like even, little demons. And by the way, even my own. I'm like, who are you? <laughs> <laughs> you don't, you don't, you listen to me. You don't run away from me. Um, but she had a, the, the bottom line is, it was so funny. It could have been a skip from SNL, honestly. Cause like the, the drop off happened. It was like, oh, great. Can't wait. It's going to be a great party. See you in a few hours. And then, ah, pandemonium. And then when the pickup happened, it was like, how were they? Great. Oh, <laughs> so good. And yeah, it was, uh. It, it really could have been a skit in a way. You know, though, what it's like for those parents. Because if that kid was a little shit at your place, maybe they're a little shit at home. Yeah, maybe yeah. this was the best thing that happened all weekend for those parents was getting rid of their kids for three hours. For sure. So they, I don't know. Maybe they could have sex or do some day drinking or something a like anything. that. Anything. Yeah. For sure. and, and you know what? I've been there before where I've dropped off my kid to a party and I've been like, oh, OK. All right. I'm going to go do this or go shopping or do something. And, and that's all great. 
honestly, when every, every single kid that left didn't want to leave. So I didn't scare them off too much in me yelling at them. So I'm glad that I wasn't perceived as too much of a monster because almost every kid was like, it was the best party ever. I was like, oh, all right. Really? Really? I thought it was shit. The nine times that I told you to get the fuck off my table and stop <laughs> sitting on it? You, <laughs> you didn't hate me after that? Good. Okay, great. No, it was, it wasn't that, it, honestly, it wasn't that, it wasn't that bad, but I did learn a lot. I will tell you that much. I did learn a lot. So I'd listen, if you're listening right now, you got a kid in that kindergarten age, they start to make friends, they're going to parties and you're thinking, I could do this in my house. Ask yourself a few questions. Like, am I okay with them in my house? If not, do it in the backyard. Maybe that, maybe that would have been a little bit better and don't make it more than two hours. Two hours is fine. Do it from like one to three or three to, I don't know, do it for an hour even, but don't do it for three hours with that many children. Don't do it. Wow. We're at such different stages in our parenting lives. I mean, I have a kid graduating from university last week and, and the <laughs> you- kindergarten next graduation next week. Well, there you go. <laughs> and, and my son is actually home from university now. So that's great. That makes me so happy that he's here, but it's happening already. He's still not even done university. He's still got another year to go, at yeah. least one more year to go. Another one of his buddies though, who went a slightly different path, is getting married. Right. Yesterday was the engagement party. Oh, did you go? Oh, yeah. It's very, very surreal to be at an engagement party for a kid that used to swim in my pool and <laughs> sleep over on my couch. That you used to yell couch. at for jumping on your table? Exactly. <laughs> and still, to this day, get the fuck off the table. <laughs> That's my tequila, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it's also weird that they can outdrink me now. Right. Ooh, yikes. Uh, but it was... Like I said, just surreal to see that. But uh, hey, kids age. That's just one of the things that we've got to get used to. Uh, Overall, was it a good weekend, though? It was. It was a really good weekend. You know who came over this weekend? Who? Dave Blizzard. Oh, no way. Yeah, Dave and his wife. And well, the the kids are, my kids are baby crazy, right? Like they love seeing babies and especially my oldest. So uh, I didn't want to bother them in the first few months because it's what I call the fog. So finally, Crystal and I, his, his wife and I, we talk. So I was like, let's, um, I mean, obviously I talked to Dave, but I mean, I messaged Crystal to see if it was okay with her. And she said, yeah, yeah, let's do it. So uh, yeah, they came by on, on Saturday and we hung out for a couple hours. Oh, very nice. Yeah. Was there food exchanged? There was food served, yes. Yeah, I love not, it. Not, no exchanging of food? No. <laughs> no, no, that like, would here's be Here's a basket weird. to go. <laughs> like, what do you got? Here's what I got. No, it was not like that. Fun fact, uh, Dave's actually an exceptional cook. Mm-hmm. Him and I have lived together at various points over the last 20 years, and we've taken turns cooking for each other, and Dave blows me away some of the stuff that he knows, which is weird because he doesn't eat a lot of shit. He was a vegan until like six months ago. Yeah. And and he still can Yeah, he cook had cream cheese. He had cream cheese on Saturday. He's not a vegan anymore. And he didn't die. <laughs> he didn't die. Wow. That's incredible. <laughs> That is just amazing. <laughs> but the baby's so freaking cute. So freaking cute. So I got a lot of nice photos of all the girls together. I love it. A uh, couple quick things here, and then we're going to wrap it up uh, because we have the replay of Missed Connections coming up. And this is an awesome one. If you have an untraditional place that you met your significant other, you're going to want to listen for Missed Connections coming up in just a few. Cat uh, family cleaning out the home of their Las Vegas, Los Angeles parents made a startling discovery when they found several bags containing pennies. A million pennies. Ten... That's too many pennies. Ten thousand dollars. <laughs> okay, so they were, pretty, they were pretty excited about that, no doubt. They were. 
I don't think they are now. The pennies are at least 40 years old. You can tell because they're mm. copper pennies, not made of zinc or whatever it is that they've been making them with since the 80s. Extra dirty. But anyway, they, they've got this million dollar or million pennies, $10,000, and they think, great, we got 10 grand. What would you do with it? How do you change that into yeah. money in the bank? Yeah. Because they tried a couple of things. They were going to go to one of those Coinstar machines. <laughs> Did you be there for like three years? <laughs> do you know those things charge 8%? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I, I do. 8%? Yeah. Get the hell out of here. I know. I once got so mad at a friend of mine because we went what, we went like shopping for a bunch of things and just doing like random errands together. And she brought a ginormous, ginormous jug of coins and put them in there. And I'm like, what are you doing? Go to a bank. And they were like toonies and loonies. She's like, oh, 8% not that much. I'm like. What? What? It was like it was like five hundred dollars worth of change. Oh, you that. crazy? Well, the bank did not want them. The bank said, "Do not right. bring all those pennies here." Which really, again, kind of brings me back to the fuck does the bank do? What is their job? Yeah, because I thought the job was to hold on to our money, make some safe investments, try and grow our money a little bit through interest. And of course, you guys make your money through all the fees that you charge and and the rates of interest on mortgages and lines of credit. I thought that was the case. It's pretty sad when you can't go to a bank and take money anymore. If it's pennies, we don't want. Yeah, isn't it like is legally speaking, I guess they must be allowed to do it or else they wouldn't have said no. But what do you do? I don't know anymore. I don't know who's in charge. Like, is Tiff Macklem really running the country? Because it seems like he's making too many decisions here. I don't know. Uh, So they had to try. And this is in the States, I assume, where they still actually use pennies. Yeah, absolutely. It was in Los Angeles. They would have to just trek it to like one of those coin star places a little bit at a time, though. You couldn't move that much at once. They were afraid they were going to clog up the machine if they tried to dump the whole thing in at once. They couldn't. They couldn't. You'd have to like go like for like a trip like once a day and bring your jug once a day. (laughs) <laughs> Five bucks here, seven bucks here, <laughs> nine bucks here. Fifteen months yeah. and I'll have my money. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's probably what I would do. It's just a weird thing that you've got that money. It is yours. But there's really no way to turn it into money that you can actually use. That's messed up. It's like having a PayPal account. Well, how do you take the money out? I don't know. I just keep paying for stuff with it. <laughs> I have a PayPal account, and I guess there's a way to withdraw the money into your account, but it's just easier to pay for stuff through PayPal. I, in certain areas, it's easier than others to deal I with. I love PayPal. It's great for accepting money. It's just I've never actually done the conversion and switched it to the bank. I should see how much I've got oh, in it's there. Easy. I might have a lot. It's actually. easy. I do that all the time with companies. It's easy peasy. 40% of adults, 40% of adults, four to 10, are still sleeping with a childhood stuffed animal. Oh, yes. Yeah. 52% grew up sleeping with a security blanket or a special stuffy, and 77% of those people, 40% overall, admit they still do it, even mm-hmm. if they're sharing the bed with a partner. Let's say you're cleaning up the basement cat and, and your husband's going through some boxes and he finds, I don't know, his old teddy bear. And he says, ah, oh, fuck, I used to sleep with this thing all the time. I'm going to put it in the bed. No, no, I, you're not. I agree with you. No, you're not. You get that fucking thing out of here. That's right. It's gross, right? <laughs> Listen, I- get it out of here. I don't know what you did with that thing before me, but I don't want it in my bed. A lot of people do, though. Like a lot of people sleep with something, whether it's, uh, you know, a baby blanket or a stuffy of some kind. That from their from their childhood, my ki- so my oldest has two stuffies. Well, one is from when I was a kid, and she kind of hijacked it, and it's hers now. So that's fine. So it's still around, but it's not in my bed. 
Like I'm not the one sleeping with it. But that said, like, don't we all have like a thing? Like for me, I, I have a body pillow and I love my fucking body pillow. They're the best. They're so good. So like, uh, it's not necessarily a sentimental comfort thing though. Cause there's a difference, right? There's sentimental comfort. Then there's physical comfort. So I wouldn't count anything under the physical comfort um- umbrella. The same as this, like what you're speaking on is more like it has so much sentimental value. You want to sleep with it every night. Listen, it's beyond my realm of understanding. It to me seems strange when a grown adult, like past the age of, I don't know, maybe I'll throw out a, a number just to throw it out. 25. Even younger, probably. Probably younger. Would, but I know there's people who do it. But again, just to me, it's out of my realm of understanding why you'd want to do that. Preserving that memory, absolutely. Like I've got stuff in my baby bin from when I was a baby or a young child, and it's in there. And that's cool. And every now and again, I'll open it up and I'm like, oh, cool. And my parents like to look at it like, ah, you loved this thing. Cool. And then I put it back in the box and I leave it in there because I'm an adult. Uh huh. (laughs) But anyway, I also have a lot of pillows though, right? I've got my body pillow. I've got my other pillows. Like maybe that's the thing for me. So I'm trying not to be judgmental is what I'm saying. Like everyone's different. I get that. But it is an astonishing amount of people, Scott. It is. Hey, I've got a couple of single friends right now, and I usually check in with them a couple times a week to get updates on their dating lives because I find the whole process hilarious now that I'm not in the dating pool. If you go over to a girl's house or, or ladies, if you go over to a guy's house, it doesn't matter who you're going out with. You go over there. Things are going well. We're going to go to the bedroom and you see a bunch of stuffed animals on the bed. That's a red flag, right? I mean, it could be. It could be. Could be. Some people might not care. Really? Maybe. As long as you don't do anything dirty with the bears or the teddies or whatever it is. As long as you move them and put their eyes toward the walls. Don't let them watch you. Oh, <laughs> fuck. That freaks you me out. Like, wait, wait. Sprinkle Teddy's looking at us. <laughs> I have to <laughs> Sprinkle Teddy, go in the closet for a minute. Like then you're get the fuck out. If that happens, get the fuck out. Uh, we got to go, everybody. We actually have a meeting in a few minutes that we have to jump on here. And it's good because we're going to be talking about radio ratings. And as you know, we've taken on a few shows recently. And, and I'm happy to tell you that so far things are going awesome. How awesome? I don't know. We'll find out in about five minutes. <laughs> we'll let you know. They say it's good, if but we, we'll find out soon. If we don't talk about it, don't ask questions. <laughs> we never said this. But as we do every Monday, we will leave you today with the replay of Missed Connections. Bye, friends. Missed Connections. Missed Connections. On the Scott and Cat Show. I am so sick of people moving my piano. Hang on. No, when you were away, let me just tell you. Did like, you guys move it? Yeah, I, th- I think somebody... I th- some, I'm not saying I did. I think somebody moved it. Yeah. There you go. Sounds right. good. Oh, it sounds okay, though. Yeah, not bad. It's not a bad. little sticky. It looks a little sticky on that side. Who I, did that? I don't even want to know what that is. Okay. Okay, well, enough with the piano problems. We're going here, and now we're going to talk to you about people that are looking for other people. They've had an encounter in the past, one's looking for the other, and told the story online. These are missed connections. You know, it's funny. When I go to the gas station, I just, I don't even look up. I just fill my gas and I get out of there. But a lot of missed connections happen at the gas station. It's a weird spot. It's a strange one. This one did. This is a long shot, but I was beside you pumping gas on Friday. I was mesmerized by your pretty face. Your hair was up in a bun and you had bright pink lipstick. You were on your phone while pumping gas. Eager to speak with you, I was the guy that said, get off your phone, (laughs) and pointed to the sticker that says, no phones. I did smile, but you took it the wrong way. I suck at flirting. Yeah. Oh, that's aggressive, dude. You flipped me the bird. And 
and turned around, but you were still hot to me. I did try to get another convo going with you about the credit card you were using, but my try went unheard. I went into the building to pay, hoping that you'd follow, but you did pay at the pump before I had the chance to shoot my shot for the third time. You were gone. Strike one. Telling her to get off her phone. It, Strike two. <laughs> noticing what credit card she's using and critiquing it. Get off your phone. <laughs> what, did you th- what did you think was going to happen? What? What, do you work there? Don't you worry about what people are doing <laughs> at the pump. Don't worry about it. Unless she is lighting it on fire, <laughs> mind your business. Because that would become your business. But I don't think... Th- are we still, by the way, what is with the phones thing? The cell phones and the pumps. What is that? What's going on with that? You know, Kat, I don't know anymore. I mean, sometimes I see people in full-blown conversations. Sometimes I see them on speakerphone because I guess they think, well, it's safe if it's on speaker, but it's going to start a fire if I'm holding it to my head. Right. That's not the case. <laughs> However... People are still trying to get around it, and I haven't seen anything catastrophic, so I assume it's fine. You're right, though, about the gas station. People try and pick up at the gas station all the time. It's a strange one for me. I'm just like, I just get there, I hate having to pay the prices, and then I leave. That's usually the routine. Passive, helpful, might get you somewhere at the gas station. Like, oh, your gas tank's on the other side of the car, dummy. It's not going to (laughs) reach all the way around. Stuff like that could be helpful. Just get off your phone. (laughs) That's not really oh. flirting, dude. Oh, I'd love to date that dictator. Ooh, <laughs> yeah. Control me. <laughs> this... <laughs> this, uh, this next one's... <laughs> this next one has a title. Quiet Theater, Loud Toot. I was seated diagonally from you. You were watching Boogeyman. I was alone and you were with what looked like your friend or cousin. I noticed you as I got up to fill up my popcorn halfway through. We made eye contact and it was nice. You reached into my soul. But it happened. I ruined it. Maybe a bit of my underwear too. (laughs) In one loud booming moment, everyone jumped. (gasps) And then it was quiet. And out it came. I'm mortified. I know you and your friend heard. It was not quiet. I heard the giggles coming from you. (laughs) Stupid popcorn always makes my tummy feel a little funny. (laughs) (laughs) OD'd on the popcorn and a toot came out. Scary movie was a bad idea. Was it like a... or, Or was it like a... That's what I'm wondering. I feel like that context would make this either hilarious or just giggle worthy. He said he, I ruined it and my underwear a little. <laughs> so it was a... <laughs> oh. I dreaded the moment the lights came up. I knew you'd look over at me. So I bolted the second the movie ended and ran down the stairs and out the door. I'm guessing you aren't interested. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> well, you know, they say it never hurts to ask. Never hurts to ask. And it always hurts to eat too much popcorn. Yeah, it hurts your tummy. <laughs> I know my tummy gets funny. Why would you do... What are you doing then? Why did you go back in the I, theater? I, just leave. You oh. just did that. You just farted right in front of them in the movie theater. And it was quiet when it happened. And it doesn't smell like... Or sound like it didn't smell. So... Just go. Like, cut your losses. I'll see it on demand another time. Is that an endorsement for that movie, by the way? Or is that like the opposite? I'm not sure. Scared the gas out of me. (laughs) 
This guy tooted all over the theater. That's how good it was. Come on in. <laughs> it scare the fart right out your pants. Oh, I really like popcorn, but it hurts my tummy. <laughs> You wonder what goes through their mind when the person behind the desk is like, would you like a, a, a medium, a large? Oh, I shouldn't, <laughs> but I'm tempted. Got any modium? Give me the big one. <laughs> <laughs> Extra butter. I'm not planning on meeting anybody tonight. I'll sit way at the back. Way at the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's dynamite. I love it. Missed Connections. At the end of every Monday Scott and Cat After 9 podcast, if you want to hear that again.